0: Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Hope you're glad to be here. It's the week after Easter and most everybody came back. It's a miracle. It's a good one, though. Well, listen, uh, let me let me let me jump into scripture right here. We'll read this and we're gonna talk about it. We won't waste any time. First Corinthians chapter 12th and 13th verse. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. If you think you're standing firm, be careful. You think you got it, be careful. You think you got a hold on it, be careful. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is coming to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Amen? Amen. We're going to leave out better than we came in today. We're going to leave out better than we came in, and here's the deal. When you leave out better than you came in, and then you go out during the week, and you engage with other people at work, gas stations, wherever you go, whoever you uh, meet up with, talk to, let's leave them better than they were before you got there. Leave them better. Hey, it's easy to leave them worse off than they were when you got there. Anybody can do that. But uh, with Christ and being submitted to Him, you know what? You can leave them better than they were when when you got there. That's the idea behind Christianity. Amen? Amen. So anyway, we're going to talk about temptation this morning. And I want you to look at, uh, I want you to think about this. What's tempting you? Excuse me. What, maybe what's the top temptation or top two temptations in in your life? What are they? I Man, I don't want you to tell me, but just think about it. What are they? What's your top temptation? Top two temptations? What's two things that really tempt you? And I want you to look at uh, the sermon today or these scriptures today through the through that lens of what's what's tempting to you. Because there's a lot of temptations out there. This world's full of temptations. And Satan uses every one of them to try to lead you down the wrong path. I was thinking uh, yesterday, what am I going to name this sermon? And I was kind of caught up between two different things. And uh, I was thinking, uh, no outlet. Like the sign that says no outlet. And some of you saw it on Facebook because my sister posted it last night. Because I waited until the last minute to tell her what to do, what to name it. And I'm notorious for that. So she didn't post it until last night, but... No outlet, I'm thinking that's what Satan wants you to think. That, that's his idea, that's how he works. He says, go down this path, go down this road. He puts something out there to tempt you, to lead you down this road. And once you get going down the road for a while, it's looking good. But then all of a sudden you come across this sign that says, no outlet. And as I was thinking about that last night, I, I was driving through. I mean, the thought was in my mind right that second, No outlet. And I came up to a stop sign. I looked to my left and I saw a sign that said no outlet. And I said, well, there you go. That's it. But there is an outlet. So he says he won't let you be tempted. Anything you can't bear, he's going to make a way out for you. He's going to give you an outlet. Satan wants you to think there's no outlet. You've gone too far. You've been on this road too long. No, there's an outlet. God provides you an outlet. He provides each and every one of us an outlet. So anyway, things that tempt you. I made a little small list here. You can make a list a mile long. Food. That's a big temptation. It's good. Diet food's not good. It's not. If it tastes good, you shouldn't eat it. It's bad for you. If it don't taste good, go for it. Pretty much it. I don't know why. How'd that happen? I mean, did Adam and Eve have something to do with that? I mean, before sin, did, did cardboard taste good? That's what everything I've been eating lately tastes like. So it's like I'm not living to eat. I'm just eating to live. You know what I mean? So let's just get it over with. I got to do it. So here, let me eat it. And it's not really good. I've been, I've been changing, my, changing my ways the past few weeks, about a month. Anyway, but I do like to eat sugar. Sugar's good. It's good. Sweet tea, real good. Coke. Man, I not had a Coke in like four days. Record. I was, that was my that was my treat that was my reward if I did good all day I gave myself a coke, in a can in a cooler on ice. Like some people get a beer after work for the ride home I got a Coke Classic, 12 ounce. Sometimes I didn't drink it on the way home I'd save it for the next morning because I needed a little caffeine to get me crunk up. But that was my reward and this week uh, I I stopped about. I think about Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that, and I've made it all the way through today with no Coke, but I like it. It's a temptation. Some of you think that's silly, but it's not silly to the man who likes it. Amen. Overspending, going shopping, I have no problem. That's not a temptation. I don't like to go shopping whatsoever at all. Last night I went to Tractor Supply. I bought a couple of things. I didn't even try it on. I just walked up and said, well, I hope that fits. Picked it up, bought it, went to the house. Hadn't tried it on yet. If it doesn't fit, I'll get Jackie Carrot back. But some people have a problem with overspending. In other words, they don't have any money, all the credit cards are already maxed out, you can't pay your bills, but they're still going out shopping, it was on sale, 50% off, I had to have it, it's a deal, we making money, whatever, no you're not, you're still overspending. And uh, some people have temptations with substance, things that come in the bottle, pills, comes in a Ziploc bag, it's green, some people call it the devil's lettuce. Brother Buddy calls it other things. I can't remember what. He called it the devil's tobacco. That's what he said, didn't he? Oh, he called it tobacco lettuce. What? Whatever. See, he's been living for the Lord. You can tell he don't even know what it is. Lust. And we think about lust. uh, Think about lustful like you're lusting after a human being. But it's not always that. You can lust after a lot of things. You can lust after a lot of things. Sometimes that's the temptation. And you hate it. Hate a lot of these things. Hate them. Absolutely hate them, but you still do it. Has anybody ever hated anything, but you still did it? I have. I've hated some things so bad before, and I drove down the road after I did it, and literally I took my head, and I butted the steering wheel with my head. I hit myself in the head, and I said, You're an idiot. You're a complete idiot. And I said, I'm never going to do that again. And I didn't for like a week or two, three or four. Till the temptation came up and I did it again. And then I had buttered the steering wheel again. See, I couldn't do it on my own. I hated it. And the Lord will let you, uh, let me see how to word this. He'll let you become a person that you hate so that you can hate who you've become. If that makes any sense to you. Some people's temptation is criticism. I mean, they're professionals. It's like a spiritual gift. They can criticize anybody, anywhere, anytime. Some of you are sitting in here right now, you're already criticizing the sermon, praise and worship, the seats, the air conditioner's too cold, too hot. You, You can criticize anything. I mean, I know people like that. They're constantly criticizing. You're always looking for the wrong in everything. Now, I've been critical before, and I still can be. I'm a human being. It happens. But you know what I'm talking about? People, it's a gift. I mean, it's a gift. They can pick it apart. Pride. You know, I got this. They might need it, but I don't. I got this. I told a story last week about a guy that said he got it. He said, I got this. Right before he got in the boxing ring, he said, I got this. Three seconds later, he got it. Smelling sauce. Wake him up. He got it, all right. Let's look at verse 12 right here. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. You know what? That's pride. You think you got it? You think you're standing careful? Well, now you're getting into pride, so you need to be careful because you're not above temptation. Nobody's above temptation. You're not above temptation. And um, I was thinking about myself. It's crazy how all this worked out. It usually is crazy how it works out. It's crazy how the Lord works. It's, I mean, it is every week, every week things are happening, and it, and it is it's, it's really cool. But I'll, I'll explain. But I was thinking about my temptation. I was thinking about myself, and I was thinking about food. So I'm I'm like a month in now, of eating cardboard. Okay, and it's working. It's working um i'm down like 16 pounds and i've got about 15 more to go and um but i'm heading in the right direction you know it's like uh sometimes you just gotta quit you're going down that road and it's like i gotta quit i gotta stop it can be drugs it can be it can be uh eating it can be a whole lot of different things Uh, you know you just gotta i gotta quit christian cream i gotta quit I've got to quit the Coke's. I've got to quit just eating anything I want, anytime I want. It's been a fun three years. This didn't happen overnight. It took, it took a good three years. With the past three years, I've ate anything I wanted, anytime I wanted, for three whole years, anything I wanted, anytime I wanted. And I've enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? I woke up the other day and I said, this has got to stop. It's got to stop. I kept saying I'm going to do it Monday, but Monday, I said, well, I'll do it next Monday, and I always find an excuse. Well, there's no sense of starting to diet today because we got the birthday party this weekend or it's a cookout or something. I'll wait till after that. Oh, it's Thanksgiving, I'll wait till after that. Well, Christmas is wait till after that. Well, we're going to eat for Easter, we'll wait till after that. Fourth of July is coming, well, we'll wait till after that. And for 3 years, that's what I've been doing. Been talking about it. But talking about it, don't get it done. So um, I've been doing well this past month, and I've been kind of proud of myself. I kind of fall into this scripture. If you think you're standing firm, be careful, because I felt like I was pretty firm. Like, I don't even want to cheat. Like, I I decided I'm going to give myself a cheat meal every week. But these past few weeks, I've said, I'm not even going to cheat. I got this. I'm doing good. I'm standing firm. And it's encouraging when you get on the scales and there's a pound or two and it's coming off and it's coming off. I don't want to cheat. I'm going in the right direction. You understand what I'm saying? So I kind of had the the pride thing going that um, I got this. So uh, um, yesterday we were working, me and two of the boys, and Trenton came down there to help, and he had to leave. He came back. Well, before he left, he said, "You me bring you some lunch. And I said, "Nah, we'll be all right. He said, "Nah, I might as well just bring something where you want, go Chick-fil-A. I said, get me the grilled chicken sandwich. I don't want any fries. No fries. Grilled chicken sandwich, no fries. I got it. And then he got the boys' orders. Well, he came back, and he, he brought theirs. And I mean, they can eat what they want. You know, it, you can't even tell. They, they're, they're in good shape. They're young. But he brings me the grilled chicken sandwich and daggum order fries. I said, no fries, Trenton. And he brought me an order of fries. He said, you know, I probably shouldn't have got those fries for you. Well, it was a temptation. It was. And I was really hungry by the time he came back. Because he's supposed to be back at like 12.30. It was like two. <laughs> and so I ate that chicken sandwich in like three bites. just gone. And I'm just sitting there on the four-wheeler. And I looked over there at those waffle fries. And... Uh, I uh, reached over there, I'm going to just eat one, so we ate one, I ate them all, <laughs> but it did start with one, I just ate one, and I said, well, I'll eat another one, you know, two, three, but I ate a couple more, well, I, uh, I left there, and I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about how I just ate those waffle fries, and I was thinking about temptations, and I was thinking about on Easter, um, how that all played out. And um, I went over to eat lunch, and I did good. I got a whole lot of green beans, like a lot of green beans. I was like, put a bunch of green beans on there, and I'm going to eat a little bunch of green beans, just a little bit of this other stuff. I leave there. I'm doing good. I, I mean, I know my calories are still down. I'm golden. So then we go over to Jackie's cousin's house, uh, and there's food everywhere. And I sit on the couch, and we're just talking. I keep looking over there, and I see this cake. Just, and It's beautiful. I mean, this thing's a work of art, you know what I'm saying? It's Two, two or three layers, white icing, strawberries on top. It looks good. But see, here's the thing about, I'm thinking it looks good. It do, I like strawberries, but I'm not a huge cake and icing kind of person. Like birthday parties, I scrape the icing off, throw it on Jackie's plate because she likes the icing, and I like the cake. I don't like the, I'm not a big icing on the cake person. And I'm riding down the road, good Lord is my witness. I'm riding down the road thinking, the only cake that is tempting to me is my grandma's chocolate cake in a cast iron skillet with no icing. No icing. She used to cook me these cakes. That's what I grew up eating. Chocolate cake, cast iron skillet, but yay big, but no icing. And I'm thinking, now if that cake had been sitting there, I'd, I'd have struggled with that cake. So... Uh, I didn't even get that thought out of my mind. He was still in my mind. I'm thinking about telling y'all about the cake. I saw myself up here preaching to y'all about the chocolate cake. And I'm telling you, my phone rang. I said, Hello, where are you at? And I said, I'm going to gym and X because I felt bad about eating the waffle fries. I'm going to go up there and get a salad. Right? One right washes away the wrong. It does help. It does help. And uh, she said, well, is there anybody at your house? And I said, yeah, everybody's there except me and Jackie. She said, well, I've made you a chocolate cake, the kind you like, but no icing in a cast iron skillet. I said, you got to be kidding me. So I go home. There it's sitting on the counter. I, I saw it sitting there. And I went on over here minding my business. And I saw it sitting there again, and I went on, and I watched the dirt bike race and got up, and I kept looking at it like it was, you know, I just wanted to see if it was still there. I wanted to look and see what it looks like. So I opened it up. Yep. so what it looks like. And I thought, man, you yeah, know, I'll just take a little nibble, just a little, just a little nibble. I've already ate waffle fries. I mean, I've already ate waffle fries, so watch a little piece of chocolate cake. It ain't going to be that big. I mean, I've already blown it. Right? How many people do that? You live in good for a while and you sin, you say, Well, I've already blown it, so you just keep on blowing it. Well, I took a little nibble. Let me tell you, there's a little small, there's a piece about that big left. I ate almost that whole son of a gun. But she brought me two of them. She brought me two of them. (laughs) But this morning, when I promised you, when I woke up, it was on my mind. And I got out of the bed and I walked in there and I said out loud, I, I said, I did this, I said, get behind me, Satan. And I went to the refrigerator and I got a bottle of water and I ate a protein bar. Once again, I ate a piece of cardboard, you know what I'm saying? And I came on to church. That thing's still sitting there. And, uh, See, when you think you got it, that's when you're vulnerable. When you think you got it, that's when you're vulnerable. And to be human is to be tempted. If you're not tempted, you're not a human being. If you say, no, that don't tempt me, nothing ever tempts me. Well, you must not be human. What are you? Because to be human is to be tempted. And um, think about Adam and Eve. God gives everybody a choice. He gave Adam and Eve a choice. But you know what? He, there had to be temptation. He had to allow temptation to come in. Therefore, there is no choice. There's not an opportunity to choose him or to choose temptation. Therefore, it's just like you're a robot. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, if you have no choice, if there is nothing out there else to choose from, if he's the only thing, in other words, if, if there's only one woman on earth, well, you're not going to be tempted by another woman because there is no other woman. She's it. She's it. But there's a bunch of them out there that will tempt you. See, it started in the beginning with temptation, like I said, with a choice. And you think you got it, pride, Proverbs 16 and the 18th verses, pride comes before the fall. And anytime you think you got it, pride comes before the fall. And coming to Christ, it doesn't cancel out the temptation, but it just declares war on the temptation that was already there. You all understand what I'm saying? Just because you're become a Christian, doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted anymore. You'll be tempted more. Satan's going to put that out there in front of you and try to tempt you and draw you away from Christ, draw you down the wrong road. So uh, in, the verse, in the verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He won't let you be tempted... Beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. In other words, he's going to provide you an outlet, like we just said. He's going to provide you an outlet. and He's not going to leave you there to fight alone. He's not going to just leave you alone to fight yourself by yourself. And many people in here either have been in the past or right now are gripped by something that has more power uh, over you than your ability to resist it. Think about it. And He always provides an outlet. It's a process that takes place. There's a process. When temp- there's temptation, there's a process. It's a five-step process. And I wrote this down right here. It's, it starts with a thought. The process is this. Five steps. Thought. That's where it begins. Imagination. Justification. Decision. Sin. Sin. So in other words, chocolate. I got a thought. It popped in my head. Chocolate cake. There it is. There's the thought. And I'm not saying chocolate cake is a sin. I'm relating it to the story. There's the thought. Chocolate cake. Imagine. Imagine myself taking a little bite of that thing. Because it sure is good and I sure do like it. Justification. Well, I've been eating good all week. I've been working out. I've been exercising. I've been doing good. I want to justify it in my mind. I'm going to make a decision to take a, a bite of it. Sin. That's the five steps. See, it starts with a thought. I feel alone. I'm lonely. I imagine myself going shopping because this is going to fill the void and I'm going to buy an outfit, but I've already overspent and I really don't have any money. I've been coming to the Lord praying that He's going to help me with my finances and I know I shouldn't spend this money, but I, just, I, I can just imagine myself wearing that new outfit and I'm going to take a selfie and I'm going to put it on Instagram and I can just imagine like, 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 heart, 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 heart. Fire! Old oh, people don't know what that means. You're better off not knowing. <laughs> when we get old, we're going to flip through the. This is the time when Man Junior went fishing. Oh, looky here! This is when we went hunting. He killed his first deer, won his first race. She won her first cheerleading competition. She graduated high school. And then when the younger people get our age, they're going to be sitting there with the kids going. I took this selfie right here, up there. You, you remember this selfie? That's funny, I don't care who you are. <laughs> I'm bored. The thought comes to my mind, I'm bored. I'm bored. Imagination. I remember seeing something on the computer the other day that caught my attention. Justification. Well, I mean, she's not really that good of a wife anyway. and She's not fulfilling my needs, so decision. Click. Now, you're looking at something you ought not be looking at. Sin. It all starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought. So, here's the deal we've got to decide ahead of time. You've got to decide ahead of time before the thought comes. And what do I mean by that, <clears throat> let's look right here. James, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, the first thing here is submit. Now, we think we're going to fight first, but really the first thing it says, therefore, submit to God. Don't fight first. Why shouldn't you fight first? Why should you submit first? Because you don't have the strength on your own to do this fight. And you need to submit first. And every time a temptation comes into your life, let me tell you, this invitation is, a, is an invitation. Temptation is an invitation. Temptation is an invitation to dismiss, to rely, to depend on God. See, Adam and Eve have a, had a temptation, which was an invitation. You're going to be obedient to my word. You're going to rely on me. You're going to rely on what i provided you. You're going to rely on this word. It was an invitation. And so you've got to decide ahead of time. You've got to decide ahead of time before the temptation gets there. What you're going to do. In other words, today there's a guy at the office. He makes you mad every single day. He makes you mad every day. And every day you want to punch him in the eye. Or maybe you want to slash his tires. Or maybe you want to put X-Lax in his lunch. You want to do something to this dude because he makes you mad. But you're going to wake up today and make a decision. I'm going to submit to the Lord. I'm not getting mad at Him. He can't make me mad. I'm not going to let it happen. Today, I'm walking in forgiveness. I'm walking in love. I'm going to decide before I get to work that oh Joe, he ain't doing it to He He is not stealing my joy today. I'm going to decide today that that Coca-Cola that calls my name at that gas station, when I'm pumping my gas, I'm not even going to go in the gas station. I'm going to stay right out here, pump the gas, and I'm going to drive on down the road. Make a decision before you get there. You understand what I'm saying? There's three things that's required to be a Christian. A real Christian. Prayer, meditation, and temptation. That's a weird combination. Prayer, meditation, and temptation. You need prayer. That's you talking to God. That's you getting closer to God. You meditating as you hearing from God. We're reading His Word. We're hearing His Word. He is His Word. You're getting closer to Him. Prayer, you're getting closer to Him. Meditating on His Word. Hearing from Him, you're getting closer to Him. Temptation relying on Him, relying on Him. So where do you start? Start where you are. Some people just need to start right there where they are and admit, hey, I'm wrong. And um, just say, Lord, I'm wrong. I'm gonna, I want to submit to you. I want to surrender to you. Here's the deal. We're We're justification masters. We justify everything we do wrong. We're justification. Well, that's the way it used to be in the old days. Well, everybody else is doing it. Times have changed. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they did to me. We're masters of justification. We want to justify when we do things wrong, don't we? It's a daily submission. And um, you know what? There's so many distractions out there. You know, you've heard people say he's got the attention, attention span of a squirrel. I can be like that. I think I am have a pretty good attention span most of the time, but I catch myself, like if I'm in the Word, I mean, I've got to shut some things out. There's so many distractions. There's a text coming. There's a message coming. There's a phone call coming. There's an email coming. There's something always, which is why most of the time, just like last night, I, I left the house after, after I ate that, after I was distracted by that chocolate cake. I left the house and came up here and sat in my office just so I could be by myself because I was trying to uh, focus on God's Word and, and, and sermon today, but there's a race on TV right here, and over here is a chocolate cake. I'm right in the middle. I had to get out. I had to leave. So I came up here. That's the truth. And I come up here most of the time just so I can be quiet. But <clears throat> sometimes, you're, you know, as a Christian, you can, you can be focused on God. The next thing you know, you're like a squirrel or something's got you attention. We're easily distracted. But it's a thing every day to submit to God. It's not, a, I'm going to submit to God today, once and done. No, Paul said, I've got to die every day. Every day, because you know why? I keep on doing what I don't want to do, and I'm not doing what I need to be doing, what I really want to do. So it's a daily submission. What I mean by that is, every day when your feet hit the floor, I mean, don't get me wrong, now you can run to the bathroom first. And then, you you just need to go ahead and get in the habit of saying, Lord, today's your day, it's not my day. I'm submitting to You. My mind, I'm submitting to You. I only want to think good thoughts, think on things that are lovely and things that are impure. I want to have the mind of Christ. I'm submitting my mind to You today. It's Yours. These eyes, I'm submitting them to You. Lord, help me, these eyes, not to look on anything that's impure, but just to look on things that You want me to look on to. Lord, these hands, they're Yours. Use these hands to lift people up, not to tear them down. Use these hands to build the church. Lord, these feet, I'm submitting my feet to You. I only want to go where You want me to go. These ears, don't let me hear any garbage today. Don't let it go in my ear and down into me. Just let it go over my head or ever how You want to word it. My ears are Yours. My hands, my eyes, my feet, my ears, my heart. Oh, my heart's Yours. I'm going to guard it with all diligence. I'm surrendering. I'm submitting to You today, Lord. My life today... Every day it's yours and stay in uh, submission. My tongue. I'm going to submit this tongue to you. Just let me speak what you want me to speak. Don't let any garbage come out of this mouth today. Don't let me say anything that's unpleasing at all that would hurt anybody or tear anybody down. But just let what I say lift people up and praise you, worship you, glorify you. It's a daily submission, and what you'll find is that it's way easier to resist the temptations when you stay in this daily submission. You know, it's kind of like saying, uh, I have an accountability partner. It's way easier to go to the gym and work out when this man's there at 5 a.m., and he's got out of the bed, and he's got dressed, and he's driven up there, and he's there waiting on you. You're going to do it. Because he's waiting on you. You and him, y'all have made an arrangement, a deal. It's kind of like that. Lord, today's the day. I'm yours today. And then guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. It's easier to resist when you submit daily. And see, here's what happens temptation comes in and promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience. God doesn't promise satisfaction, He says, I am satisfaction. A choice uh, a choice to what you're going to rely on. What am I going to rely on today? There's a temptation, and I'm going to make a choice. What am I going to rely on today? I'm going to rely on these pills to bring me some kind of temporary peace, or to kind of numb the pain, so to speak, or I'm going to rely on Him. I'm going to uh, rely, I'm going to make a choice and and rely on alcohol to kill the pain, to numb the pain, to make me forget about things, or I'm going to rely on Him and trust in Him and His Word. I'm going to rely on these drugs to get me high. Or I'm just going to rely on God and get high with Him. I've been high off drugs, but I've never been high like I've been high with the Spirit of the Lord, with Jesus Christ. Never had a high like that before. No drug has ever made me feel like... uh, The anointing has made me feel... I can tell you that. Never. There is no comparison. The devil's let us only do so much. And it wears off. Drunk. Peter said, they're not drunk. You think they're drunk. They ain't drunk. They're very, very drunk in the Holy Ghost. So you can... You can't compare being drunk in the spirit with being drunk on alcohol, wine, whiskey, whatever else you're talking about. So I'm going to make a decision. Where am I going to, uh, what am I going to rely on? Am I going to rely on this food for satisfaction? Am I going to rely on going and spending some money? For some reason, people just enjoy the heck out of spending money. And I'm no tight well, penny pinch off. I want something to buy it. If we're at work, we need a tool, I buy it. I don't buy cheap tools. I buy the best tool that I think that is available without, that I can afford. That's what I do. But I don't just go out and blow money, but I, I'm not a cheapskate either. But what I'm talking about, some people they, uh, that I know, uh, one of my boys in particular, uh, but he gets some money like for his birthday, and, and his pants start smoking back there. He's burning a hole in his pocket. We gotta go spend it today. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's okay. He don't have a house payment yet, I guess he can just spend what he wants. Some people have a legitimate sexual need. But they meet it with a in an illegitimate way. Instead of being obedient to him or lying on him. Greater is he than He that's in the world. So anyway, there's a battleground. There's a war. There's a fight. And in Ephesians, um, let's see where we're going to go right here. Um, Now let's go to James. Let's go to James. Back to it. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee to you. You ever heard people say, I just couldn't resist? The first thing is submission. Submit to God. Then the next thing you see, resist the devil. But you've heard people say, I just couldn't resist. And some of you have heard yourself say it. I sure have. I just couldn't resist. I just couldn't help myself. He kept on pushing. She kept on pushing. I just couldn't resist myself. I just couldn't help myself. Well, guess what? You can with Christ. You can resist with Christ. You can help yourself with Christ. Amen. I was thinking when I, uh, I read that scripture about resisting, and I was thinking about uh, one time there was these dogs, and, uh, and just going around knowing that greater is He that's in me than it's in the world, and I'm relying on His strength, and I'm not relying on my strength. Just when you're submitting to Him every day saying, I'm relying on you. This is all yours. Do what you want with it. I am submitting to you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And we're going through the day like that. And then here comes this dog up to me. And this dog is barking. It's a big and too. This dog is barking and it's growling. It's going nuts. And I'm sitting there looking at it. And uh, I just bowed up on it. I just looked at it and I said, You want some of this? And I just started going towards the dog. And thank the Lord it ran away. But you know, I was just trying. I figured we'd fix. Here's the dog just got one set of teeth. I never seen a dog put anybody in a headlock, throw them on the ground, and punch them out. <laughs> kick them. I never seen a dog kick anybody. So I, you think about it. He's seventy five pounds. I'm two fifty. I can kick him, punch him, headlock him. I can even bite him back. You should never run. Just face it head on. Anyway, that thought came in my mind when I read this scripture. See, I'm prepared. I know who I am. I'm relying on God. You want some of this? I'm ready for you. Kind of an attitude. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope somebody don't come to work next to church next week. Been mauled by a dog. <laughs> Need some prayer requests. Tried what you said. And that pit bull tore, tore me up. Oh, that's, you know what? Moving on. So there's a battleground, there's a war, there's a fight. Ephesians, the sixth chapter says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day because the evil day is coming. It's coming. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, Because you are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, this is all an armor we're putting on. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which is uh, able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. He can sling some darts at you, but you've been given the shield of faith. Amen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this sin, with all perseverance supplication to all the saints. In other words, temptation is going to come. But you've got these divine weapons that He's already given you. You've got to stay armed. You've got to stay ready. We've got, on our, we've got on all these divine weapons. So when the enemy comes, when temptation comes, it's like, hey, I knew you were coming. I've been expecting you. Bring it on. I'm ready for you. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all remember, you know, the little kid on Home Alone. The little kid on Home Alone, he goes, When y'all come back, I just watched it the other night again. You're only supposed to watch it around Christmas, but it was on. He goes, I'll be ready. When you come back, I'll be ready. He knew they were coming. Temptation's coming. And just being ready is the thing. You've got to predetermine that you're going to be ready when it gets there. Amen? Amen. You can't wait till it gets there and then decide to get ready. Uh, you've got to be prepared. Have the Word hidden in your heart. Be predecided to not give in. Be predecided to not give in. I heard a coach say this, and it stuck with me. It stuck with me uh, for a few weeks now. And he said, get better while you wait. I said, that's good. That is good stuff right there. Because most people don't get better while they wait. They wait to the the week before. They go to the beach. And now we're going to try to lose about 20 pounds of get tan. You ain't ready. You're not ready. And we're going to wait a week before. It's time to... Start football season or whatever, but you've been laying on the couch all summer eating doughnuts. You're not ready. Get better while you wait. There's somebody else starting in front of you, so I'm just going to sit here on the bench. I'm just going to go on play video games. I mean, I'm not playing anyway. Get better while you wait. Get better while you wait. Why everybody else is sitting on the couch all summer? Get better while you wait. As Christians, get better. Get prepared while you wait. Wait on what? Temptation? Temptation's coming. James says it is. He says, get ready. It comes. All shapes and sizes on a daily basis. Get ready while you wait. In other words, what does that mean? Well, I've just been diagnosed with... uh, The doctor diagnosed me with something. I haven't prayed in three years. I don't even know where my Bible is. The only scripture I know is John three sixteen. You didn't get better while you was waiting. Now, I've been diagnosed with this. Now I'm going to try to go out and... You see what I'm saying? Now I'm going to go out and try to get armored. Whereas if you've been ready when it came, now you've got some word to stand on. That makes sense to you. hope I'm not confusing you. Get better while you wait. And the last thing here is this: submit, resist and eliminate. Just eliminate it altogether, if you can. Some things you can't eliminate. You had to murder someone to eliminate it. I know, I hope nobody here or online right now is thinking, eliminate, eliminate it when you can. I guess I'll go ahead and divorce him. Or I'll divorce her. No, that ain't what I'm talking about. Eliminate if you can. Let's look right here what Solomon said in Proverbs. The wisest man that ever walked on two legs. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. He's talking to his son right here. He says, hey son, don't enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. And the boy says, Okay, Diane. He goes, No, I don't think you heard me. Listen, let me tell you again. I don't think you're listening. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Do you hear me? Don't do it. Don't even enter the path. Don't even touch your toe on it. Don't walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and pass on. Don't even look at it. Don't touch it. Don't even think about it. Get away from it. You've got to get yourself away from it. Avoid temptation anytime you can. And I know it's hard to believe, but before I became a pastor, I was a human being and I was subject to temptation. Things tempted me. I'm kidding. Things still tempt me. And I'm still a human being. It still happens each and every day. And you know what? Men are very vulnerable to looking at things they ought not to look at. Driving down the road, you're vulnerable to look at things you ought not to look at. Sitting wherever you're sitting, things present themselves to your eyeballs, and you are vulnerable to looking at things you ought not to look at. I know women are too, but women don't have testosterone. It's different. I mean, I guess it is. I don't know what it feels like to be a woman, but. <laughs> I'll tell you how I know the difference. Because there's strip joints all over the place. And they're full of women stripping. Men giving them money. There's probably, you know, is there any male strip joints? If there are, there are very few and far between. That's disturbing. Anyway. <laughs> Men are vulnerable to looking at things they ought not to look at. So I'm talking about eliminate it. Eliminate it. So you can tell lots of different stories here. But I remember, uh, it's been about two years ago, I'm eating lunch. And I'm eating lunch with a good friend of mine. And he knows me. He knows me before. He knows me after. He knows a lot about me. There's nothing about me that I care if he knows. I don't even care. It's fine. And we're eating lunch. Well, I'm saying he, he, he knows me. It ain't like we just met. We're buddies, we're pals. We know each other. And we're sitting there eating lunch. And uh, these two women walk in. And they're not 70, they're the same age as us. And me and him are one month apart from each other. We're the same age. And these two girls are women. They graduated high school with him. And they walk in. And uh, like I said, they're not, they're not old enough to be my mom or my grandmom. They're they're dressed nice, and they walk up and they speak to him. And he goes, hey, this is my buddy Red, like you to meet so-and-so, so-and-so. Nice to meet you, whatever. And he says, you want to sit down here and uh, just join us for lunch? And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm getting up. I'm getting up, I'm going to get my own table, I'll go sit outside. You ain't sitting with me. You're not going to do it. But before I could even speak, they said, oh, no, we're here. It's a dinner party. we got six other girls that work with us. They're waiting back there to, to meet us. And so they walked off, and I said, what the heck are you doing asking them to sit down with us? Trying to get me killed? <laughs> I, said, I said, dude, if they'd have sat down, I, I was gone. He's like, what? And I said, yeah, if those girls would have sat down in a booth... One on his side, one on my side. uh uh-uh. And I said, I was going to have to get up and get my own table or just go outside and wait on you. I ain't doing that. Why? That's just stupid. It's not stupid. I'm married. I am too. He said, I am too. And he goes, uh, you know, Jackie would, you know, wouldn't want you I said no she wouldn't want me to do that and I said nah if I walk in a restaurant and my wife's sitting at a table with one of her friends and two strange dudes if it ain't her daddy my daddy her brothers or my brother-in-law whatever dude is there he, he, he needs they need to come up with a real good answer and real fast don't he hesitate <laughs> you know what I'm saying I right, let stick he could go But anyway, I got distracted. See, so I was thinking about, mm, but anyway, <laughs> he said, um, you're a pastor and, 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 you, and you, are, you the, are you that weak? And I said, no, I'm that smart. I'm that smart. Why, uh, see, why would I want to have to resist temptation tomorrow when I can completely eliminate it today? people go on trips all the time you've been going on a trip I go to Dega every year and I get on the infield we get towed up from the flow up but now I'm saved now I'm living for the Lord Dega trip's coming up this year my company gives us tickets everybody's going all my friends are going they want me to go on the trip you better stay home you better stay home If it's a temptation to get down there in the infield and get drunk at the bicycle party down, whatever it is, you better you better cancel the trip. The company Christmas party, they hanging on swinging on the chandeliers, you better skip it. But my boss is expecting me to be there. Well, he probably expects you to work a lot harder than you do too. But you better skip it. You better skip the trip. Chips, I love potato chips. Man, Doritos are calling my name. When you go into the grocery store, you better skip that aisle. Go hang out on toilet paper aisle. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Get all you want. <laughs> Drugs. I've been I've been been clean for a while, but remember my friends and they're watching the big game or the party, the birthday party, whatever. It's a temptation. Cut it off. Don't go. Find you some new friends. You need some friends to lift you up not pull you down. I've been working out. But every time I go to the gym, (laughs) the yoga pants, I can't keep my eyes off of them. I'm just like... you know what I'm talking about. There's mirrors. It's like this is a mirror. Check theirs with yoga pants. I'm going to conveniently come over here in the mirror. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at myself. Now you're looking at the yoga pants. You better stay home and work out. Quit working out if you have to. There's an affair. I'm at work. Me and this girl, whatever. Me and this guy, we've been talking, and he's having problems in his marriage. I'm having problems in my marriage, Whatever. And oh, he's so sweet, and he does things that my husband don't do. You better change departments. Better yet, if you have to quit, go get another job. Am I that serious? I'm that serious. That smartphone? Go get you a dumb phone. If you can't quit looking at the internet and looking at filth, go get you a dumb phone because you can't look at nothing on those flip things. Little Debbie snacks, throw them in the garbage. I mean, you know, if you're big and you don't need to be eating them, throw them in the garbage. (laughs) Get them out of the house. Because what happens is they're in the cabinet. I I have to strategically place my crappy food in a different location because if I have the whole wheat bread that tastes like cardboard in there right beside Little Debbie and I open it up, and there she is. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy being fat and greasy, I'm telling you. <coughs> Remove the temptation. Throw them out. You understand what I'm saying? There's things, sometimes there's things in your house. There's a magazine. Throw it out. Get that out. You got some kind of, what's to do, Stephen King. If you got, throw it, burn that. Don't even throw it out. Somebody else might find it and read it. Throw, burn it you got things in your house get it out of the house I can make a list of mile long. Twilight don't watch that Walking Dead don't watch that uh, I know you think that's just a movie it's just it's not that big a deal it was just an apple here take a bite of this Adam and Eve here nibble on this it ain't that big a deal just a little eh, it's a big deal get that trash out of your house amen the idea is to distance yourself from it praise team y'all come on up It's to distance yourself from it. If you can eliminate it, completely eliminate it and get it completely out. And distance yourself from the things that are tempting you. Amen? Last scripture right here in Hebrews. For in that he himself suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are are tempted. Sometimes... You know, things tempt you that seem too big. And you're like, people don't know what I'm going through. They don't know what this temptation is like. They have no idea. Yeah, they do. Somebody out there definitely does. I might know what, not know what it's like for you, but you don't know what the temptation is like for me. We're all different temptations. But there's one who is tempted in each and every way. He knows what it's like to be tempted in each and every way. Satan tempted him and promised him everything. Everything. Says he was himself had suffered being tempted. He was able to aid those who, you know what, what that means? I know what it's like. I know what you're going through, but now I'm seated at the right hand of, of God and I'm making an intercessory for you. I can go to him as like, like a lawyer. In other words, he can say, I know what that's like. I've been tempted by that before. I've been tempted by that same very thing. Oh, I know what she's going through. I know what he's going through. I've been tempted by the, You Think about Jesus and the temptations. Peter, his best old buddy. I'll stick beside you to death. To death. Oh, no, I would never leave you. And then he denied him three times. But God, But Jesus still loved him. Still loved him. He said... He said, I still want you to build my church. He goes, go, go go, feed the sheep. Go take care of them. What a temptation. When you're hanging on a cross, people have done ripped your beard out, stuck a crown of thorns in your head, beat you with whips, no skin left on your body, muscles are torn in half, lig- ligaments, tendons torn in half, and uh, spit in your face, punched you in the face, nailed you, hands and feet to a cross stood you up, mocking you, making a mockery of And the people that are mocking you are the very ones he died for what a temptation to not call down 10,000 angels to annihilate them and get him off the cross he knows what it's like what does that mean what that means is when these thoughts come into your mind, take them to Jesus he knows what it's like take them to him just take them to him Amen? So what do you need to take to Him this morning? What do you need? You're only as strong as you are honest. Thank you for listening to this message from 7 Mile Ministry.